Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to the Happiness Is podcast with me, your host Bruce Aitchison from Happiness Is Egg Shape. And today we've got double trouble and it's all for a cause. We like to jump on a cause and this one is absolutely spectacular and in the memory of somebody that's been on this pod before and what a spectacular podcast that was. Let's not waste any time and bring in the man who has pretty much cycled north, south, east and west and raised a stack load of cash while he's doing it. The one and the only, Mr. Andy Peterson. Hello, sir. Even Bruce, how are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Now, the whole point of us having a chat, you got in touch with me and said, can we have a chat? And I jumped on it straight away. I admired that crazy challenge that you did. Talk us through it. Remind people, because they're going, hang on, Andy Peterson, I I think I probably know that guy. So you were a a very kind supporter of a charity ride I did, um, which basically took me from the south southernmost point of the UK or of Great Britain to the easternmost to the northernmost to the westerly point of the UK to raise money for a charity called Fortitude in memory of Tom Smith, who you referenced previously. And Tom was an ambassador for Fortitude. And Tom unfortunately died of bowel cancer, aged only 50, which is just a, a tragedy. And Fortitude is set up to cure bowel cancer, which is one of the biggest killers in the UK. It's not something we talk about, but Tom got involved. He contacted us at Fortitude, said he wanted to help in any way. He then heard about the ride that I was planning on doing and got in touch with me personally. And we got to know each other even through his chemo sessions and, and through all the, the, the ups and downs that he went through. And he was a huge supporter of the ride. The ride was basically, I, I cycled two and a half thousand kilometers. And <laughs> I know. I it's just now. mental. I cycled two and a half thousand kilometers in 
under seven days. Uh, I also did it. It wasn't planned, but it just happened to be at the same time as the hottest temperatures ever recorded in the UK. So um, at various points, the roads started melting. So I had to switch from cycling during the day to cycling at night. So it all got a wee bit crazy. But anyway, I finished in under seven days and raised £171,000 for Fortitude, which has funded a full-time researcher into the genetics of hereditary bowel cancer at St. Mark's Hospital. So that's really the cause that I'm passionate about because my own father died of bowel cancer. And the reason I did the ride, actually, was because he's buried at Ardnamurchan Point, which is the most westerly point in the British mainland. So that was the idea for the Four Points Challenge. When Tom got involved, it became the Tom Smith Four Points Challenge. And it was really, uh, I was going to say it's a pleasure, but more of an honour to be able to raise the money in his name and then subsequently to get to know his family, to get to know Zoe and his children, Angus and Ted and, and uh, various others. So it was really, um, that, that's why we're on tonight, because Tom was a passionate ambassador for Fortitude and obviously sadly passed away. But we announced um, a few weeks back in the middle of the Six Nations that we've had the pleasure, we have the pleasure of two new ambassadors for Fortitude and basically we've put together a legendary Scottish halfback pairing of Andy Nicholl and Gregor Townsend, who have both very, very kindly agreed to become the ambassadors for Fortitude in memory of their great friend, Tom Smith. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing those two doing 2,500 uh, metres on their, <laughs> on their bike. That's an incredible amount of money, 170,000. I suppose getting in some of these ambassadors is going to help that. And we're really lucky because Andy P, we're about to be joined by Andy N. Hello, Andy Nicholl. Hi, Bruce. How you doing? Hi, Andy. It's Andy, very good to see you. I'm glad. I'm glad you showed up. Thanks for coming. Delighted to be here. <laughs> so, Andy, you, you know, you and Gregor have joined in. The two, you've been great supporters of of your mates, pretty much. Uh, we know about the work you've done with Doddy Weir, and now it's been announced you're you're sticking your name to Fortitude in memory of Tom Smith. Talk us through Tom Smith. Everybody loves him. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I do a lot of charity work. You know, I, I I host a lot of dinners. I go to a lot of dinners, but I've only aligned myself. Um, this closely with two charities, um, which is my name's Dory Foundation and Fortitude, because of the two individuals, two friends that we've lost. And um, you know, I've been lucky enough to be part of a sport like rugby that gives you that that connection, that teamship. You know, I've just just did something for for uh, for Dory's Foundation last week yeah. with the Scottish Schools um, Tour Squad of 1988. So 35 years together we got back together and we 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 hiked and biked 88 kilometers, which was brilliant. It just proves that connection that rugby can give you so um and tom was a, a very special man you know i um i first played midland schools with him um back in 1987 i think it was and uh and that he didn't talk much in the first training session and then we we, we played against edinburgh schools i remember he's playing number eight back then he was a, a short short round number eight and uh and i played this was my third year of, of Scottish schools, so I was a bit of the big cheese, and I was captain. And you know, they, I think Edinburgh kicked out in the full, so we had a scrum in the halfway line. And you know, I called the back row move eight, nine, fifteen, but I had no intention of passing to the fifteen. And so, uh, <laughs> so picked up from the base of the scrum, dummied me, and went through the gap. And I was like, "Chicken bugger, what are you, what are you doing?" And, and I thought, "Well, I'll, I'll catch him because he's short and round, and I never got anywhere near him." He just took so off. He was fast. So he was a great man. Um, so I played Midland schools, Scottish schools, played for Dundee High School FP, our home club, 
and then obviously playing for Scotland and the British National Alliance. So, um, you know, our, our rugby careers went um, side by side and, um, you know, it was just devastating when we got the news um, that, he, that he had cancer. He fought a good fight. My goodness, nobody took on chemo quite like Tom Smith yeah. did. So, um, you know, when he passed away, um, as Andy said, it was just we wanted to to continue the legacy. And um, Greg and I, obviously good friends, uh, with each other and also with Tom and we, we just decided you know, we might share that share the burden and, and do it together and so I'm um, delighted to do it in the in the, in the memory of a, a great friend and Tom Smith and it's a wonderful charity you know it really is um, it makes a difference and it's uh, got real impact and that's what we wanted to do. Andy P you, you jumped on your bike and did that and raised the money but bringing in Andy N and, and Gregor obviously raises the kudos to the charity. What's the hope for the future, short and long term, having these guys involved? Well, the simple hope is curing bowel cancer. And it is the second biggest killer of non-smokers in terms of cancer. So it's a huge disease. And Tom was passionate about this. And what the ride did with Tom's name attached to it, and Tom was very clear, he said, use my name, get the maximum publicity out of it, which we did. And it's raised awareness of bowel cancer and also fortitude as a charity. At the same time, you had people like Deborah James, who obviously died of bowel cancer, sadly, as well. So it got more people talking about it. And if if nothing else, if people are just go to our website, which is um, www.fortitude.org.uk, uh, thank you very much, just put it up on the screen, um, and just learn about the symptoms of bowel cancer so that you can do something about them. I mean, Tom... Tom would tell you he had the symptoms and he knew something was wrong, but he didn't do anything about it until it was too late and he presented with stage four cancer. And my father was the same and both of them would be alive if they'd done something earlier rather than just toughed it out in the typical sort of Scottish male way. So we want people to be aware of the symptoms and ideally get yourself screened. In Scotland, we're fortunate. We get at the age of 50, <clears throat> you may not be there yet, Bruce, but no, no, Andy quite. and I... <laughs> Andy and I are there, I think, and we can speak, I can speak for you there, Andy. At the age of 50, you get uh, what's called the poo test through the post, which basically asks for a stool sample. And you've got to do it. It can save your life, and it saved many, many lives. And if in doubt, as I always love to say, what could give you greater pleasure than shitting in an envelope and sending it to the government? Beautiful. Can I just add to that? Because um, it was my 52nd birthday just a couple, uh, just last week. And so I have had that envelope arrive on my doorstep because you get it every two years. And so I've uh, just done it for the second time. And, uh, and I've sent it away to the government, Andrew. So um, <laughs> put it in such uh, such uh, aggressive terms. But uh, I've I've done my stool and I've sent it away. Exactly. And I said, mine, I said when... mine care of HMRC just to be clear as well. <laughs> When you when you get together with that group from 1988, I mean, I, I can imagine what it was like. I know Pete Gallagher, I know Rob Moffat. Um, having them as your leaders would have been amazing as as school kids. But I would imagine there was a lot of reminiscing when you met up with them. Are you talking about these things? Like Andy P is talking about raising awareness. Are you talking about these things? It was obviously in in Doddy's name for this one, but. You know, are you sharing the message amongst your your old teammates about things like fortitude? Definitely, we were we're all getting to an age where you know the bodies are uh, there's things can go wrong, but there's also there's early recognition of it, as Andy says, the symptoms are there and it can be cured. You know, um, we've um, so I'll play like um, Eric Peters is a, to 
testicular cancer and he he got those symptoms early budge pounties had it you know there's a lot of people have had yeah. this you know various um illnesses and uh like this that um they've recognized the the symptoms i think what the message from tom smith and it, it's such, it's so heartbreaking but he does he did what just about every i'll say sports person but every rugby player i know that they, they suppress any pain. They think it's almost a weakness to say that there's something wrong with you. And he knew he had pain in his back and he did nothing for it. He just endured it like he had done through his rugby career. So the message is, uh, is out there. Just if you've got any symptoms, if you've got any pain, don't be don't be the smart arse. Don't be the proud man that doesn't go and say anything. Go and get it looked at and get it sorted. And, you know, that that we're talking obviously about cancer here, but that can be the same with mental health. You know, I've lost a, a good friend recently to to suicide because, and he didn't he didn't talk to people about it. And so I think when you have things like that, uh, Bruce, that that affect you so so uh, deeply, then you're more willing to talk about it. So asking people how they are, but listening to the answer, that's really important. And and be prepared to follow up with with what you're hearing as well. So, you know, I think what COVID did it shone a light on on how we communicate with people and how we look after people. And uh, I think it's been good for for charities like Fortitude to to almost pick up that baton and run with it, and just ensure that we don't lose any more from people being ignorant or just stubborn. And that's uh, that's what we try and do. Andy yeah. B, what what's the future for you? Um, you know, you've raised one hundred and seventy odd. You've cycled all around the UK. Have you got more plans in the pipeline? Well, you know, Andy mentioned briefly the thing about Fortitude that makes it different. Um, is we do what we call real challenges. <laughs> so I think you could class mine as a real challenge, but um, we do cycling challenges, we do desert trekking, we climb mountains, etc. But those fund real projects. So this doesn't go into a pot of money. It goes to specific projects. And we work with St. Mark's Hospital and they'll come to us and say, we think this can make a difference. They'll give us a list of three or four things. And we'll fund what we think can make the biggest impact. Um, and then that will deliver results. And we've got that already in terms of improved surgical techniques, improved uh, diagnosis of colonoscopies and, and better radiography. So we make a real difference. And the, 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 the genetic um, uh, research that we're doing as well, that we're funded, will make a, a difference. So we'll continue to do those challenges. And they come in various shapes and formats. You don't have to cycle the sort of lunatic number of kilometers that I did, you know, challenges come in different shapes and formats. <laughs> um, so, but we just ask people to, to, you know, get involved, have their own challenge, and we will then make sure that that money funds real projects, which make a real difference. So we just continue to do that. Interesting. You talked about Budge Pounty there. Um, I was on the phone to Budge yesterday um, because Budge and a group of Irish rugby players are doing uh, an, a ride or a challenge for Fortitude and for MND as well, for My Name's Doddy. And they're doing it to get to the World Cup final in Paris. They're calling it Try for the Final. So basically they are, I think they're swimming 5K, but in a swimming pool. Yeah. Then they're running from London to Paris. They're rowing across the channel. And then they're cycling to Paris for the final. Uh, which is a fantastic challenge. Guys like Alan Bateman, Paddy Johns, I think, is doing it, um, along with Budge. So, you know, that's an example of the challenges that they're doing. And we know that the money that they will raise will make a concrete, an absolute concrete difference. And it's just, it's amazing to hear these things um, and raising awareness. Hearing people like you talk about this is going to do that. 
do you appreciate the sort of clout that you've got and do, do you share that amongst you know Gregor and Budge and some of these names do, do you think everyone realizes the clout that they've got um yeah I think they do in fact I know they do you know because listen I know Andy I know Andy well and and you know we've talked about the difference that that he makes and Gregor makes and Andy's uh, Andy can talk can mention it himself but Neither Gregor nor Andy have gone into this lightly. It's not just a case of they're putting their name against it and we never speak to them. They're fully involved. So Gregor and Andy are going down to visit St. Mark's Hospital to meet the staff there. And that's a, a hugely important part because the, the recognition it gives them and the fillip it gives them to know that their difference, the difference they're making is recognised and recognised you know, by people like Andy and Gregor and acknowledged by them, that's huge. Um, they're also going to get involved in the challenges. There's one coming up in May, which Andy and Greg are involved with, and they're looking at actually designing their own challenge. So uh, I'll let Andy talk in more detail, but neither Andy nor Gregor, they've not entered into this lightly. They're very, very serious about fully committing, as you can imagine, from the type of people they are. Andy, fully committed? Yeah, we are, but um, fully committed to challenges that um, that me and Gregor want to do. It's, uh, it's <laughs> that some of the challenges like this man here did last year is is not really in our wheelhouse it's not really what we want to do so uh and and there and there there's been some brilliant challenges and but really tough ones i mean that one that budge is doing is just off the scale yeah. isn't it? you know that's yeah. uh but that's just highlight some of them we've we we've, we've got an idea brewing for 2024 and um it'll be a bit more inclusive to include more people <laughs> Might be multi-layered, <laughs> so there's different levels that you could do. I'm but, in. Yeah, well, we've got we've got a level for you, Bruce. That's for sure. So uh, <laughs> pretty low. <laughs> but we we you know we want to we want to make sure that um, it sort of highlights Tom and and uh, and his life. So it's every chance it's going to end up or start in Bordeaux. There could well be some red wine being consumed <laughs> and, uh, and a bit of cycling and maybe a bit of walking. So again, inclusive for, for lots of people. Absolutely. So we're brewing we're brewing that. So so just keep watching the website if anyone that's watching this to, to see details of that. And uh, yeah, that'll be sometime in 2024. Nice. When you see Andy Andy Nicol, we've just come out of the Six Nations, you know, there's sixty-seven thousand people at Murrayfield, there's however many in these stadiums. There's a chance to make a really big impact having voices like yours and Gregor's attached to that. If if you could, what, what would you get all those people to do? Have you got something for the absolute masses? You know, it's it's just it is the awareness. You know, if one person in Murrayfield on on Saturday who watched, you know, 50-year-old boys who came together 35 years ago, you know, <laughs> if, if, if one person, you know, um, Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. 
It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Donates to motor disease to help find the cure for MND for Doddy is great. If somebody through fortitude, you know, recognizes the symptoms because I've talked about them or Gregor's talked about them or Andy's talked yep. about them and recognizes the symptoms there and does something about them and then they have a full and long life after that, then 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 it's a success. You know, we, we're not driven by KPIs or anything like that. It's just trying to make a difference. It's trying to, to make more people aware of what's out there. And both bile cancer and motor neuron disease, you know, one there is a cure for at the moment, one there's not. But maybe not in our lifetime, motor neuron is going to, disease will, will, will there will be a cure for that. And that's what Doddy wanted. And that's what Tom wanted. It didn't help Tom, unfortunately, because he left it too early. It could have been there. Tom could have still been here if he'd recognized mm-hmm. the symptoms and done something about it. So for me, it's just about awareness, Bruce. It's not about anything else. It's not trying to put our name up in lights and saying that we are being all sanctimonious. It's it's just trying to, to make it human so that people who, you know, we, we are fortunate. We are very fortunate in the roles that, that we've had, that we still have. Gregor's the national coach, me being 20 years in the BBC. People might listen to us for a variety of reasons. If they hear something they've not heard before when it comes to symptoms about bowel cancer and they do something about it, then that is our role as an ambassador for fortitude being a success. So that's all it is. It's about raising awareness and just using our voice, our platform to make sure more and more people are aware of it. I love it. That is spectacular. Andy P, while we were waiting for the late Andy Nicholl to bloody turn up, uh, we were talking through how much we love this game and, and the things that are in it that, that we think are unique and special and some of the values. And, we, you know, we were swapping some war stories there. What is it that makes rugby able to positively contribute to this stuff? Because surely everybody can and all games can. What is it for you that makes rugby special? I think there's a sense of camaraderie and brotherhood or sisterhood that you get in rugby that you don't necessarily get in other sports. I think it's a combination of uh, <laughs> the number of people on the pitch helps. Uh, you know, it's not a single sport. It's not a, a double sport. But also it's the fact that when you're going in onto the pitch, there's, a, there's an, uh, an element of jeopardy, of danger, and that brings you together as well because you're relying on your teammates and you there's no hiding on a pitch. Now, Andy's played at the highest level. I've played at the very lowest level. But you know the character of the people you're playing with. Once you're out there, there's no hiding and you depend on them. And you depend on them to make the tackle. And if they're not going to make the tackle, at least try their hardest to make the tackle. So I think there's those elements that, that bring it together. And I've seen that everywhere I've played in the world. And I've played in many countries um, in, in many bizarre circumstances. But if you put language and culture aside, the rest of it's the same. The sense of camaraderie, the sense of togetherness, the sense of fighting metaphorically and often physically for your teammates it exists in every country. And, and it goes beyond just when you play. And I think you go back to what Andy talked about. Why are we doing this for Tom and for Doddy and for various other people like Ed Slater, who's now been diagnosed with MND? We do this because we've all shared a sport we love. 
with people that we've loved doing it with and we feel you i told my boys my my oldest boy plays uh, he's down in new zealand on a, a couple of years working and i told him you've just joined the biggest club in the world when you play rugby and he's gone down to new zealand and he's found a rugby club and he's loving it and he's part of a community straight away accepted not because of how much he earns or where he came from anything like that accepted for who he is and what he does in the training pitch and what he does in the field Bruce, can I, let me just expand on what Andy said because I agree one hundred percent what Andy how he's described rugby. The way I describe it, the word I describe it is teamship, which is so much more than camaraderie. So much more about <coughs> teamwork. It's that connection that Andy talked about that that you get in rugby that I don't see in 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 many other team sports. And I'll tell you why because I think for me rugby is the ultimate team sport because you can only do your job when other people have done theirs and vice versa. So, you know, Blair Kinghorn scores three tries for Scotland on Saturday. Why? Because the team around him allowed him to do that. You know, Finn Russell was brilliant for the games he played. Why? Because the players around him. Johnny Wilkinson knocked over the drop goal in the 2003 World Cup. But everyone around him did their job to allow him to do that. So we get to put our stars up on the pedestal. But the people that get them there, the, those stars never forget. And they know how important it is everyone else, the role they had. So that, for me, is why rugby gives you that connection. That's why 22 guys who went off to New Zealand 35 years ago with the Scottish schools mm -hmm. came back together. You know, you need a catalyst, and, and Doddy's um, illness and then subsequent death was the catalyst. But you should have seen us at the weekend. The connection was still there. And, um, and that's what rugby gives you. I went to mini rugby my first day in um, 1977, it was, at Pamir Mini Rugby in Broughty Ferry in Dundee. And I'm still mates with one of the guys that I met that first day. And that that is, we see each other a lot of times. So that is the connection. And that is what rugby gives you. And so, um, you know, we can we can bring that sort of level of connection to, to, to charities such as Fortitude and My Name's Doddy Foundation, then it'll be so much more powerful. I think that's spectacular because you, you could name drop quite a few, Andy, I'm sure. And the, the guy that you're talking about is the guy you met on the first day at Mini Rugby at Panny, which uh, would be memorable, I've no doubt. You mentioned it there. Um, I, can't, I can't have you on without asking. Six Nations, happy, successful for Scotland? Um, I think it was as, looking back, I think it's as good as it could have been. We are the best of the rest when you take Ireland and France out of it. We were the best of the rest, and I think that is a fair reflection. I think we we started off well with a great win down at Twickenham. I'm almost getting bored of beating England now down there. It's um, <laughs> ten a penny. But then we beat Wales, and they've been a bit of a bogey team for us. So it, we, we dared to dream, didn't we? We then went to Paris, and it was a bit of a an eye-opener. We were 19-0 down, but we managed to come back. And that was that's the probably only regret I had. We had that line out with five minutes to go when we were 26-21 down, and we didn't execute. And we lost the game and lost the bonus point that was there. So, And then we played Ireland, who the best team in the world, and after just lost to the second best team in the world in France. And we finished it off against Italy. And, and you know, listen, it wasn't perfect by any stretch against Italy. And let's be honest, we could have easily lost it in the last in the last second there when, uh, when they were on our line. But that's what rugby incidents can happen. And we turned the ball over, we went a scrum, and then and then Blair runs, runs the length. So, yeah, it's a three wins. It's a positive response. We are fifth in the world. Um, we go to a World Cup uh, full of optimism, but full of trepidation because we've got an absolute oh. brutal draw, as we know. Goodness. So, so yeah, I think um, Ireland, without doubt, the best team in the world at the moment. But I tell you, 
or what France and some of the rugby they produced against England and then and even Wales, their defence wasn't there. I don't think they were fully focused on their defence, but when their attack purrs, I'm not sure there's a better team in the world. So we've got the best two teams in the world and we finished next. So yeah, I think that's a good Six Nations. Yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. And you said incidents, Andy, as well as being a bit of a crazy challenge uh, taker-upper and cycling all around, you also blow a whistle and spoil people's <laughs> afternoons. Uh, some of the some of the referees have come under the pump for some of the decisions. How does it feel when you're out there? And you're you're probably more on your own than they are. They've got a team around them. But do you have some sympathy for them when they're having to make those big calls and everybody's watching the TV? Absolutely. I mean, I think my reaction, I, the Six Nations, Andy will give you the more detailed analysis. It's the best Six Nations that I've seen. And a huge chunk of that actually comes down to Italy. Because every single game, I think, in this Six Nations matter. There was no weekend where you thought, right, I'm not going to watch that. That's going to be an absolute walkover. I thought Italy being competitive and, and nearly beaten three of the teams made a massive difference to the championship and meant that it was a, a compulsory viewing of all three games. Um, so I thought it was just a fabulous championship, full stop. Uh, in terms of the referees, yeah, of course, I mean... <laughs> um, you know, I've always got to be careful what I say. <laughs> Don't ask me that. Bruce. Yeah, I know. I've stitched them up there, haven't I? I've no, not at all. I mean, listen, I think, I think in general, the standard of refereeing is, is extremely high. And what, what I know myself, my personal experience is people judge the referee's performance through their own team's lens, right? Um, so that's the first thing you've got to realise is that if you look at the, the setting off of, of uh, Freddie Stewart, and you saw the analysis in the studio afterwards. Guess what? Brian O'Disco thought it was a red card, and the English guys didn't think it was a red card. So there's always a bias which people, when they're talking about referees, they've got to be aware that they're not talking from an unbiased point of view generally, unless it was two teams you'd never seen in your life. Um, it, uh, that was the decision which everyone's talking about in that case. I think the decision was wrong. And guess what? Today, the red card was rescinded and it was downgraded to a yellow. Jacko Piper made the decision. He made it with the best of intentions. Um, I don't think it was the right decision and it's subsequently been shown, but don't judge the referees just on that single decision. You know, they're getting most of the rest of them right. Unfortunately, they've got to get the big decisions right. And in that case, I don't think he did. Don't think it affected the outcome, no. but it didn't help. You're, Listen, you're very well media trained, Andy P. Yeah, and I, I think was absolutely bang on. There was two wrong decisions. Antonio got a yellow card from Wayne Barnes when that was upgraded yeah. to red, and Freddie Stewart got given a red and that's been downgraded to a yellow. It, it, these things happen in a split second. The way that Jakob Piper went through the framework, as soon as he said it was foul play, he, was only, he only could end up with a red. And this is where it was the entry point of what he decided to do. Same, Wayne Barnes decided that force wasn't there and that their judgment calls in a split second with millions of people watching the TV and a crowd every time that uh, that angle was shown in the in the crowd at the Viva Stadium 60,000 Irish fans are screaming <laughs> wonder, aren't they so you know he's a human being Jaco, uh, Jaco Piper you're going to be influenced in that situation so by and large the, fa the officiating was brilliant just two big two decisions that they got wrong yep did uh, did you play at the best time Andy Nichol um, yeah, because I didn't want people like, uh, you know, Antonio at 23 stone as a prop, like Reese Salmon had to try and tackle at the weekend. And 
Listen, Bruce, I look back. I, I got I got 14 years of senior rugby, um, seven as an amateur when that's all there was. And I was there when rugby went from amateur to professional. And so then seven as a professional. So I saw the best of both worlds and I got to enjoy a lot of rugby when it was when it wasn't as serious as it became. Um, so I do think I had I was blessed to, to get a, an experience of both. You look at somebody like Gavin Hastings, retired at 95, so he only had the amateur side of it. And obviously all the current generation have only had the professional side of it. So it's a brilliant product. It's uh, The Six Nations is a fantastic tournament. Without doubt, the best annual rugby tournament in the world. You know, it's it's envy in the, the Southern Hemisphere. And so um, we look forward to doing it again next year. So, um, yeah, I, I was very blessed with what I had, Bruce, and I would never complain. Would have wanted 14 years of earning uh, Finn Russell's salary? Possibly. Mrs. Nichols certainly would have. <laughs> <laughs> you made up for it now. Right, Andy P, give us that last rallying call before we finish up. Well, I'll tell you two things. One is probably 98% of rugby is played at a level that, that's not nothing to do with the level that Andy's played at or anything else. And that's been my rugby career and my rugby experience. And it's been fantastic. Right. It's still the greatest club in the world. It's the greatest game in the world, and I've loved it. And the last game I refereed, and it was I'd actually volunteered to go there, was at Mull about three weeks ago, and it was Mull against um, Carfa Thirds, and or whatever that, I can't remember what they're called now. And it was two teams who just wanted a game of rugby. One had come up from Glasgow and were having a great trip up to Mull and then back. The Mull guys won. Um, it was a great game of rugby in terms of everyone was trying their hardest. The skills were mixed. It didn't matter. There was no aggro. And at the end of it all, they shook hands, had beers in the bar, and I get the ferry back over with the guys from Carthage, and they were having plenty of beers in the boat. And you hope that in your small, in a small way as a ref, you can help make these better games. But it was just, it was just a wonderful day of rugby. And I'm happy that it's the last game that I've ref, and it probably will be the last game I've ref, because it was just a reminder of of why I played the game. Um, so that's about rugby. In terms of tonight, all I would say, and Andy said it absolutely succinctly, he said this is about awareness, and it's about awareness of a disease that is treatable, curable, if you catch it early. And... If you go to our website, www.fortitude40, that is 40tude.org.uk, you will learn about the symptoms. And if you think you've got any of the symptoms, contact your GP immediately. If you call your GP and say that you've got any of these symptoms, you will get seen and seen very, very quickly because that's what they're trained to do. And it can save a life. It may save your life. It may save someone else's life. As Andy said, talk about it. Mention it to your friends, to your family, to your parents, to whoever it is, because bowel cancer, when caught early, is treatable and is absolutely curable. And much as I was proud to know Tom and, and, and all the help he gave me and gave fortitude in raising money as an ambassador, I'd rather he was here today. Yeah. And that's why we're so grateful to Andy and Gregor for picking up the baton um, and taken over from where Tom left off and continuing to drive awareness of fortitude and the difference we can make to curing bowel cancer. So thanks, Andy. And Gregor. And, and Andy Nicol, why is it important to do it in memory of Tom Smith? Well, just what Andy just said there, you know, Tom could easily be here if he'd, um, if he'd seen the symptoms or he, well, he saw the symptoms, if he did something about them. 
So it's just if one person on the back of us being involved, you know, because they, they knew Tom Smith or they, they liked him as a rugby player for Scotland or the Lions, um, thinks about, well, actually, I've had a bit of a, an ache in my back and I've done nothing about it and goes and phones the GP and, and then is cured, then 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 everything is right. And that's what we're trying to do. It's about raising awareness. I'm very proud to be an ambassador for Fortitude. It's a great, char a great charity. They do real challenges with real projects, making a real impact. And that's what me and Gregor are involved for. And um, we, we just want to keep making a difference. Awesome. Right, you've only got one word, the two of you. Andy Peterson, who's going to win the World Cup? South Africa. That's two. Andy Nicol? <laughs> I think France winning in France would just be the most amazing experience. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going France. No, nobody's given it to Ireland. I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm interested in that one. France, okay. Gentlemen, Andy and Andy, an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for giving up your time. I look forward to seeing you both very, very soon. Thank you. Okay. Absolutely love that. If you enjoyed it, you can get us on Apple Acast and Spotify. You can watch on Facebook and YouTube. And please, please tell your friends, uh, get checked out. Go and have a look at Fortitude 40TUDE org.uk and make sure that we honour Tom Smith by looking after each other and yourselves. I look forward to seeing you all again very, very soon. My name is Bruce Aitchison and my happiness is actually Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.